You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart Obi Ekwene. If you have your Bible this wonderful Sunday, very quickly turn together with me to Ephesians 3 and Matthew 16 is our custom to stand to read the word of the Lord, not in honor of your pastor, not in honor of your neighbor or yourself, but in honor of Jesus. We stand for kings and presidents. We can stand for the Lord Jesus. We can stand for the word of the Lord. Ephesians 3, 14 to 16 and Matthew 16, 16 to 19. Open your Bibles. Let's read together the count of three. One, two, three, go. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Praise the Lord, somebody. Apostle Paul praying for the church in Ephesus speaks very clearly about the whole family of God in two places. One, in heaven. Two, on the earth, localized. Family of God is in heaven, but family of God is also here on the earth. Matthew 16, 16 to 19. Mm. One, two, three, go. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build what? My church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Jesus is building his church. Not your church. Not the one your uncle built. Not the one daddy built. Auntie built. No, 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 no. He's building his own church. And the result of the church's building is that the gates of hell cannot prevail and i want to announce to you if you're a child of god that you are a part of the brick and the mortar that god is building into his own church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you as part of the church in the name of the lord jesus christ for assignment the church god's family on earth part number two the church god's family on earth part number two our father and our god we thank you for the awesome Privilege given us again to gather again under this open heavens. I beseech you, my Father, to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven. Place upon my lips once again that I may come to these your people here, but also virtually across the nation with the thus said the Lord. Help me to speak expressly your counsel. Help me to be on my study, contemplation, and my memory. And we vows always to give you the praise and the glory. Let devils be terrified. Let your church be edified. And let Jesus, the head of the church, be glorified. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. You may be seated in God's wonderful presence. Please tell your neighbor, I'm glad you came. I'm glad you came. The psalmist declared, I was glad... When they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Beloved, there is something beautiful about when people appear before the Lord on Mount Zion. Bible declares in Psalm 84 verse 7, All they appear before God in Zion and they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appears before God. They go from strength to strength. There is a guarantee that if you find yourself in God's presence, that whatever was 
a challenge will be taken care of. Bible declares again in Psalm 16, I believe there's six or seven thereabout, that in his presence there is fullness of joy at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Pleasure, not pressure. So what a man needs is his presence. Ah. You don't need a man as much as you need his presence. Moses said, except you go with us, except your tangible presence goes with us, let's not go, we'll not go from this place. In other words, you've told me about Canaan, a land flow with milk and honey. You've told me about the resting place, but I don't want to go to Canaan if I don't have the guarantee that your presence is going with me. Because what makes heaven heaven is not heaven, is the presence of God. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. One place we have a guarantee of his presence is where two or three are gathered in his name. Matthew 18, 18 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. So heavenly quorum is in the gathering of at least two or three. Praise the Lord, somebody. Heavenly quorum is met when two or three gather together in agreement. Just two or three. That is the church. That means there is something about the gathering of believers beyond one individual. You can pray at home, God will hear you. You can sing at home, God will hear you. <laughs> but there's something unique, Ketu Paladua. When the saints gather in concert like this, and concert is not just a word used for music. No, it, it is a melodious word that speaks of the harmonization of the multiplicity of people. So when we gather, though we are multiple, we raise one voice, one anthem to God. He hears one voice. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is. There is a place called there, Katabaya. The place called there is a place of commanded blessing. It's a place where you don't need to labor or toil. It's a blessed place. In the time of old, there were places, localized places, where God placed his name upon. But in the New Covenant, New Testament, it's not restrained by locality. One address here, one in Lagos, one in London, one in Japan. No, sir. Where two or three gather anywhere. He said, there am I in the midst. In the place of corporate gathering is a corporate blessing. Track with me. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, How good, Kotibala. How pleasant it is for brethren, not brother, not sister, brethren. To gather together the place of unity it says it's likened unto the anointing the oil that came upon the head of one Aaron flowing down his beard down his skirts it's likened as a dear man Herman verse 3 says for there Kutipalok was there there he commanded his blessing there is a place called there your struggles come to an end when you come to the place called there and you know it's there. Jacob said, this is the gate of heaven. I didn't know it. But you see, as a spiritually mature believer, you ought to know that you don't know where God is by feelings. No, by faith. He said, if we can gather together, he's there. Is God here today? Oh, come on, your yes sounds weak. Is God in your midst today? He's here not to push you down. He's here to lift you up. He's here not to push you back. He's here to push you forward. There, I commanded my blessings. Beloved, God has designed us to live and to walk in relationships. Relationships are very, very powerful. Aside from God, I am where I am today, lastly by the virtue of 
relationships, parental, marital, covenantal, but even more importantly is relationships forged in the church of the body of Christ will be for you one of the most meaningful relationships in your lifetime. You see, you can be born from the same womb with a brother or sister who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, not born again. And he said that blood is thicker than water. But the truth be told, spirit is thicker than blood. So there are people that I walk with, that I know are believers, many in this church, who by the virtue of covenant and a deep walk over the years, they are by far closer to me than relatives who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Their death we can talk about, I can't share with the others. Their death we can fellowship in, I can't share with them. They can understand that language. So spirit is thicker than blood. What am I saying? Your relationship with people in the body of Christ ought to be valued and celebrated. The Lord said in Genesis 2 verse 18, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. If you like, a help mate. When we hear the word alone, we think of the word alone just in a context of marriage only. Whilst it is true, it's not good for man to be alone in the context of marriage. But more than that, it's not good for man to be alone at all. God made you a social creature. God made you a relational creature. So when you are isolated, as we've come to know in day and age, isolation, pandemic, you're cut off from a certain kind of supply that comes from fellowshiping with brethren. And as such, the enemy can harass and terrorize you. His method is to divide the saints or the believer from the saints and then he can deal with you bible says woe is a man who is alone when he falls beloved please value relationships they will take you further and further than money money can fail but true common relationship will not fail David, by the virtue of the covenant he had with Jonathan, in years after, when he took over the throne, he said, Hey, is there not anybody in the house of Saul that I can show mercy? And they fetched this guy called Mephibosheth from Lodibar, crippled, crippled. But you see, his state of being crippled did not change the fact that his papa, Jonathan, and David had a covenant. And what David could should do for the father, he did for the cripple. So fetch him from Lodibar. That today, he will sit at table with me and eat with me. I declare to somebody under the sound of my voice, by the virtue of your covenant with God, you are coming out from Lodibar. Lodibar is a long place and you're coming up to the table to sit with your master. Shout yes, I believe. That's covenant. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 and 10. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. <laughs> Please have a fellow. Have a fellow. Have friends. Four friends took a crippled man on a bed. And they bust off the roof where the master was. Four friends. They let down the man there. Because of friends, this man was able to be healed miraculously. Have friends in your life. There will come a day where what you need to move to the next level is just one voice. One voice. One friend. One recommendation. One introduction. There are people God sends in your life to simply introduce you. Ma toko toko tukapaka. John the Baptist may not have been the real deal, but he was an introducer. He was sent. He said, I am not the one. I, I can't even loosen the Latin of him who I, I am sent for. But guess what? I am a voice of one crying with one 
prepare in the way of find out your ladders and your bridges they're there there are shoulders of giants who have gone before you that all you need to do is find them and climb on their shoulders and see a little further you don't always have to reinvent the wheel those who have fathers go further those who have mothers can do more than others two are better than one they have a reward if they fall the one will lift up his fellow but woe to him that is alone when he falleth for he hath not another to help him up verse 11 says again if two lie together then they have heat <laughs> they have heat but how can one warm how can one be warm alone and if and if one prevail against him two shall withstand him and a threefold cord cannot quickly be broken a threefold cord can quickly be broken beloved do you know the effect that the pandemic and the several isolation across the world had on the health of people especially mental health depression anxiety suicidal tendencies oppression of all manners why just a system of isolate I don't know how best to communicate this, but there is a warmth that goes with fellowship. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. There is, there is a warmth that goes with talking to a human being, touching a human being. That was what the enemy sought to do to separate, to divide, and then to deal with people who are set apart from the church. Whilst it's a blessing to be able to go online and to be blessed, it's an amazing technology. We must maximize it. Notwithstanding, it will never replace the gathering of the saints. It says, forsake not the gathering of one another. Where do you gather? Primarily in church. In church. In church. You can have church at home, five of you. It's called a house church. You have church on Sunday morning, thousands like this. It's called church, where two or three are gathered around the name of the Lord. Hey, Katapaka. Around fellowship with the head of the church, that is church. And there are certain benefits and blessings that are released when the church are in gathering. The church in concert. Church in gathering. Hallelujah. 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 Beloved, I said in the first service, I say again, there's mentioning that you do not have a choice of the matter in determining what biological family you were born in. I couldn't choose not to be an equipment. It's just too late. I did not ask my father, mother. No. You didn't ask your parents. No. Couldn't. I had no choice in the matter. But in that manner also, you have to understand that spiritually speaking, when it comes to you being a part of a spiritual family like this, a local assembly, and I'll get there, you really don't have the choice as to where it is God planned for you to be planted. You may have made a choice, but your choice does not mean it's God's choice. You may be in a church, but it doesn't mean that that's where God ordained for you to be. When you are where God designed you to be planted, certain things fall in place oh boy oh boy oh boy you see you see as the bible says the lines fall upon me in pleasant places when you locate where it is god has already located you in the spirit and for quite a few people your testimony will be that you've been in a place for x years 10 years five years things appear to be stunted things were dwindling things were being tight but somehow when god led you out to locate where it is you now know is your church something opened and began to blossom flourish what happened you found your place in the body of christ 
You see, just like no family is better than the other, likewise, no church per se is better, but it's just a function of I found my church. I found my church. You may be in ABC Revival Limited, or you may be XYZ, never come again. But but you see, I, I, that's not my church. This is my church. And there's something about the word that is tailor-made when you find yourself to be in your church. It is as though the speaker, and it can be anybody else, me, Pastor Bimba, Pastor Dad, anybody else, it's as though they were with you in your bedroom two nights ago when, when, oh, come on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's my church. One thing about your church is a now word that is tailor-made for you comes your way. Kando bayata kapa. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I have a news for you. Your God is mindful of you. He's mindful of moving you from where you are to the next level. He's mindful of you. From Lodiba to the mountaintop, Lodiba to the table to sit with kings. Thank you, Jesus. Beloved, your spiritual family is not a choice you make rather is what you discover in god like you discover purpose you don't choose purpose purpose is discovered you don't choose it you find it i'm meant to be this i'm called by god to do this i didn't choose my calling no you don't choose it you find it out so you discover so one of the things you need to discover in life i tell you is one to discover who it is you're meant to run this life with the way of your partner wife or husband very very important decision sometimes most times it can lead to a make or break situation just discover who god ordained for you by way of marital partner likewise also it's an important thing to discover where god planted you spiritually speaking your spiritual family and your spiritual heritage Beloved, we read in Ephesians 3 that God has a family in heaven, family on the earth. Clearly enough, the church is God's family on the earth today. It is a vessel, the vehicle, the instrument that God has chosen to bring his glory to the world. The church. The church is the body of Christ. The head of the church is in heaven. And his body is here on the earth. And his body is a vehicle through which the head is working now on the earth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Once upon a time in John 14, Jesus said that I am the light of the world. But he turned around to say again that you are the light of the world. As far as long as I'm not here anymore, it is through you that I shine in my world. On the banking hall, you're the light that God ordained to shine there. As a lawyer, as a doctor, you're the light that God ordained to shine there. As a politician, you're the light. He says, let your good works be seen that all men will glorify your Father in heaven. <laughs> you're the light. You're the salt. Jesus is very, very jealous about the church he's building. I said in the first service, if you build your church the gates of hell will prevail because you have to defend the church you build hmm. if you allow jesus to build his church amidst you he's committed to defending the church he builds whatever comes against it billows and storms and tempests standing is built upon the rock of christ christos the anointed and his anointed Beloved, heaven is interested in building you up to a church and a house of glory. When we speak of the word church in the Bible, just to lay this as uh, a recap for some, that the church speaks of two expressions in the Bible. The word church is used about 100 or thereabout times in the Bible. And 90 plus times is used to relate to one aspect of the church, the local church. But the first foremost is the church speaks of the universal church. 
the spiritual church, the church that is made up of believers past, believers in the now, and those who believe in Christ in the future, they form part of that invisible body of believers, spiritual organism. God sees it as it is, but you and I don't see it, we don't touch it, we don't feel it. It's called the universal church. Somebody in Ghana is part of the church. Somebody in Afghanistan is part of the church. They're born again, children of God, part of the church. But the other aspect of church, Bible speaks about, is what is called at the New Testament local church. Wow. And that speaks of the gathering, the congregating of believers with a central focus to worship Jesus around the many commandment and tenets that he gave the new testament church but the focus is to worship jesus the head of the church is a physical gathering people they are numbered they are counted bible told us that there were 120 people in the upper room they were numbered and counted they're tangible they're numbers so in a church local church they are members of the church they are numbered they have their place in that body of believers they have the space they occupy. There's an assignment they occupy in the body of Christ in the local church. So in addition to being a part of the universal church, when you became born again, listen, beloved, listen. If you're really going to thrive and flourish as a believer, you've got to identify for yourself where is the local church that God designed you to be. It's important. And I said to you earlier, I say again, you don't create it you don't choose it oh boy you find it you discover it the bible says in jeremiah 3 verse 15 wow and i will give you pastors according to my heart not your heart not your choice, not your likes, all right? Which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Wow. So who gives you pastors? Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Who gives you your pastor? Yeah. He said, I will give you pastors. Not after your like. You may like eventually, but it's after my own heart. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That means... God is going to look into your God-ordained destiny. He knows where you are and where he's taking you to. And then he sends you one of his pastors, shepherds, who is tailor-made and tailor-designed with certain keys. Let me say it again. With certain keys that help to unlock certain parts of your life and your destiny. That means missing your pastor is missing something integral in your life. I will give you pastors after mine own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So God is the giver of pastors. So it behooves every believer to find two things. His pastor or her pastor and his church or her church. When you find them, you found a place to flourish and to blossom. The partnership between you and your church or between you and your God-ordained pastor, hear this, is one that is made in heaven. It's made in heaven. It's a partnership made in heaven. You need your pastor. Just like your pastor needs you. It's a partnership made in heaven. Bible declares in Proverbs 29, 18 that where there is no vision, my people perish. But he that keepeth the law is happy. Where there is no vision, no vision, God's people perish. So it takes a vision 
to take the people out of destruction and perishing. But also, I can paraphrase, and it will still be within context, where there are no people, the vision doesn't stand the light of day. That means the vision requires people, and the people require a vision. Praise the Lord, somebody. So as I said, is a partnership made in heaven. It's stressful to try to pastor everybody. Pastor Dennison. If I try to save the world, well, I, I shall evangelize, but if I try to pastor everybody, I'm not necessarily called to pastor everybody. I can witness to everybody the gospel, but I'm not necessarily sent as a pastor to everybody. I'm sent to somebody. Wow. And I want to believe, Keti Palamona, under God, under this open heaven, that by chance, by chance, I'm sent to you. Your amen sounds questionable. Let me say it again. I want to believe, by chance, that God has sent me as his under shepherd to you specifically. That means there is a word of God that is your word that is found in my mouth. Praise God. <laughs> That's why when your pastor speaks, something moves in you. When your pastor speaks, things shift around you. Not because it's that powerful. No, it's just a spiritual DNA. It's just a divine connection. He's my pastor. <laughs> very, very important relationship in your life. How do you connect with your church? And how do you connect with your pastor? Over the past few weeks, we've been teaching on relationships. And one of the greatest relationships we have is the one we have in the body of Christ. First and foremost, horizontally. No, no, no. Virtually, you to, your, you, to, you to Jesus the head. Then horizontally, you to the, the believers. Yeah, horizontal, you to fellow believers. Vertical, you to Jesus the head. To critical. Critical! relationships you must guard them jealously that's why the bible has taken time to show us in the body of christ we must avoid offense shows us how to make peace say no avoid offense why god designed for you to 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 flow in harmony as members of the body of christ it says if one comes to you and asks for forgiveness seven times a day he says forgive that person this offenses will come but woe be through whom offense come that means we must avoid offense amongst believers one of the greatest sins that's found in the bible Proverbs 6 is he that keeps discord amongst believers or brings discord amongst believers so there's six sins that the lord hates yeah but the seventh one is an abomination what's, what's, what's the abomination he that keeps discord among believers so it's ranked above adultery lying cheating killing discord among saints no sir you must do everything to keep the bond of peace in this family we must maintain zero tolerance for strife why it's anti-revival when the love of god truly shall have brought our hearts by the holy ghost begins to be expressed one for each other devoid of tongues class masses religion or no, no, dogma when we love each other without knowing where we're from listen get ready for a mighty move of the holy ghost when the middle walls are pulled down between the class and the master high and the low you know who's who the general is ushering outside or parking cars. The MDCO is with the children's church. You know who's who by what we do. No, no, no. Then we're set for mighty revival. When we walk through church and we're looking for who to bless, who amongst my brother needs attention today, we're set for revival. Set for revival. The first century church, they came to that place of loving each other. They had all things in common. Then a mighty move of the Holy Ghost rested upon that church. This house of revival. We must go back to those tenets of what is called the first century church or called the apostolic church. If we build this church according to heaven's blueprint, guess what? The glory will come. 
the revival will rise to nations and i'm so excited with these thoughts the lord has been sharing with me about the church you know why he is jealous about his church the one thing god is building now on the earth it's not a factory not a building not a house not a jet not a yacht limousine no the one thing your god is building is the church once upon a time he used noah to build the noah's ark the ark of safety because the world was coming into a place of destruction he said noah build this ark you for the day the day the day of rain is coming it may not make sense right now but build these are my specs go for wood gold silver bring all the animals two by two build 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 he was building when there was not rain ever upon the face of the earth but the time came there was a downpour that came upon the earth saints the church is being built now when it doesn't look like there's a need for church but listen the time will come where the church across the world will be the place of safety the church the church i'm telling you the church the church the beacon of light for nations the church the church the church the church is building this church and the gates of hell will not prevail good news you're part of the church he's building hallelujah hallelujah Oh, wow. How do you connect to your church? Connect to your pastor? Number one, know and be aware of the vision and the mandate of your church and the vision and the mandate of your pastor. You need to know it. You want to really connect? Let me say this to you. It's possible to attend a church without actually making the pastor your pastor is a disservice to you because there are many blessings that won't flow to you until you identify him to be not their pastor but your pastor it's a connection there's a connectivity of heart it's not that you're in his face all the time but there's a heart to heart connectivity there's something that jumps when the word of the lord comes from his mouth just like the baby in the womb of Elizabeth jumped when she heard the voice of Mary and John in the womb became of the Holy Ghost. Likewise, when you hear the voice of your shepherd, your baby jumps. Why? It's a kindred spirit. You're carrying something that I'm carrying that is relatable. We're, we're going somewhere to happen. What is doing you is doing me. What is doing me doing you? There's something. It's a kindred spirit. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Can somebody who believes that this is my church. Say like you believe that this is my church. For the last time shout to heaven this is my church. Hallelujah. Be aware and know the vision. Then accept the vision. Love the vision. Connect to the vision. It's not just his vision. Their vision. But it's our vision. It's my vision. In the course of time, I'll remind us again about our God-given mission and mandate. Because the clearer the roadmap is, the faster you are on. When you don't know what God called you for, ordained you for, anything can look like it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody once said, when you don't know where you're going to, any road may look like it. Sir. If you don't know the purpose where would God raise logic and I tell you it's clear to some extent getting clear by the day as he helps us but to some extent there's a roadmap to run when you run with your God-given vision he is there to help you to accomplish it oh boy when you attempt to run with another man's vision you struggle there's grace to be you there's grace to be me when I try to be you, I will struggle. When you try to be me, you will struggle. You are wired for your God-ordained task. Listen, logic, like it or not, Revival House of Glory International Church is not a church raised by chance, by mistake, because somebody had nothing to do. No, no, no. It was raised apostolically, raised prophetically for such a time as it, with a clear mission and a mandate. We need to run with it. We'll run with it. Angels, accompany us in running with it. 
God accompanies us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is a generation on the rise. A mighty company of an army of Joel. A people who have never been like before. Ketepa. Bible says in Joel 2, they will run to and fro. They won't break ranks. They will fall on swords. The AK-47, bazookas, all the missiles. They will not die. What? There is a people on the rise. Hallelujah. They won't break ranks. Before them is an Eden. Behind them is a deadly wilderness. There is a mighty people. The Bible says, such a people have never been before and will never be again. There's an army on the rise. I perceive you and I are part of that victorious army. <laughs> We're not called to play church. No. No. We're called to do life as God commands and instructs. It's an assignment to be carried out by you and I. It's a weighty assignment. It's a weighty responsibility. He's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So be aware of his vision, your vision. Commit to it. Number three, all right, fall in love with it, agree with it. Then number three, commit to it. Three things, know it, accept and agree with it. Number three, commit. That's a word I want to deal with now. Commit. Wow. Commit to the vision of your house. In a typical illustration of the breakfast that occurred or the breakfast meal of bacon and eggs typical standard british breakfast bacon and eggs how the egg came about the chicken laid the egg and you can lay the egg and still stay alive but it's you should stay alive to lay some more eggs but there's no way you can have bacon which comes from pigs if the pig is alive so he said, the chicken was involved in that breakfast meal, but the pig was committed. There's a difference in being involved and being committed. Covenant relationship always calls for commitment. I'm married for X number of years. It's a commitment I made. It will be till we draw our last breath or till the Lord come. It's a commitment. The sun may change, the moon may change. It doesn't change the commitment. It's a commitment. Likewise, when you find your place, your church, you make a commitment that the usher who doesn't smile with me will not move me out. Tony, commitment. And the pastor may even try to send me away. It won't change my mind. It's a commitment. That the security wouldn't pack my car well and didn't greet me well, it won't move me out. It's a commitment. That the only way I will leave this place is if God asks me to leave. It's a commitment. See, those who make those kind of commitments, they're those God can depend on and can lay, can put weight upon. But fair weather believers, he can't trust you. Psalm 92 verse 13 says, They that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish, thrive, blossom in the courts of our God. That means to the degree that you're planted in your house that God ordained, in service, in loving one another, in uh, just commitment. It will regulate and determine what happens to you in the courts. The courts is figurative. Your business, family life, on the job, all of just the courts. That's outer court, the courts. But you're planting in God's house that you have identified to be yours will determine how blessed, quote unquote, as it were, in the courts where you operate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's how come some people will quickly identify their church. They will plug in with all of their heart. Within days, weeks, and months, you see a very drastic shift in their lives. While there have been others who have been there for two, three, four years, no commitment. Haven't gone through the membership class at all. They don't want to spend time to go through that commitment. They don't tithe. They don't give. They don't serve. They just come in and they go. They enjoy the worship, the praise, the word, the ambience, the GBC, and they go. It's only a measure of blessing that will be upon that kind of person. Why? No commitment. Not planted. They're fair weather. Any wind can blow them. Any wind of change. 
Any drama. The sun is too hot. It's too cold. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. They are people of convenience, not covenant. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. God can trust you with weight of glory. Hallelujah. Oh, boy. They that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. Ah, very quickly. Let me try to reach through something for five, seven minutes. I want to share with you very quickly seven pillars of a New Testament church, or if you like, an apostolic church. Seven pillars, very quickly. Seven pillars. The things that undergird a New Testament church. The one that he's building, or if you like, an apostolic church. It's not every church that's a church, as far as God is concerned. Some are organizations, some are clubs, some are just um, teams, you know. Until we, we build according to his pattern, we're not really the church of the New Testament. And they are blessings of the New Testament church. So it behoves us, you and I, to constantly look to the word of the Lord and say, hey, how is a New Testament church run? Is it an, is it, is it an organization by CEO? Is it a franchise? It, just go to the Bible and say, how was it run? Then, by the help of God, we make efforts to align the pattern in Scripture, New Testament, with what we're doing here. Oh, I desire, honestly, I desire, I desire, I desire to pass a classic New Testament church. I desire it. Number one, the central focus is Christ in a New Testament church. Not the bishop, not the pope, not the apostle, not the doctor, not the lawyer. No, Jesus Christ. So the Lord gave us a mantra years ago. It's all about Jesus Christ. He must increase, we must decrease. It's all about Christ. For making big, our problems and tests become small. It's one thing in the New Testament church, it's all about Christ. The gaze on Christ. The worship is one man, is one person, Christ, not man. Many other things are found that are ingredients of a New Testament church. But number one, because of time, this is part two of what I said in first service. One pillar is that the New Testament church is a going church or a church that is evangelizing. It's big on outreach, big on reaching the lost. This is challenge us, Roger. How big are we on evangelism? Mark 16 15 is a challenge to us. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's a going church. It doesn't wait for people to come. They will come, but we go to the world. Go ye, go ye, go ye. Number two, a New Testament church, or if you like, an apostolic church, is a growing church. What does that mean? It seeks to move people from being a crowd to becoming a disciple. From membership to leadership. There must be an intention, deliberate, to grow the people in maturity. Ephesians 4.13 Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. It strives for perfection in Christ. Wow. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Fullness. So it's a growing church. It's a church that strives to make disciples out of members. Number three, the New Testament church is a praying church, what I call a groaning church. It's a praying church. The first century church was born in prayer. In the upper room they prayed. They were together, they prayed. Acts 1.14 These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with these brethren. Chapter 2 verse 1 says And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, my God, they were all with one accord in one place. They were praying, 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 the upper room praying. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. It's a praying church. Rogic must be a praying church. No, amen. Haba. 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 Say, I will make my house a house of prayer for all nations. That's logic, right? Aha, uh -huh, more like it. Number four, it's a bonding church or fellowship church. Fellowshipping. It's a place where believers are knit together in a family. Thank God for social distance. 
thank God for pandemic but it's a it's it's a menace we may be distanced in this name of observing distance but hey please we must be closely knitted at heart we can't be too far we can't touch each other's issues we become desensitized in what we're going through no no it's a closely church as i said earlier they had all things in common galatians 6 verse 10 says as we have therefore opportunity woof, let us do good unto all men but guess what especially unto them who are of the household of faith wow so we're to do good to all men but our priority to be who household of faith this week look out for somebody in this family to do good to everybody there's somebody you can do good to a text of encouragement agreement in prayer a good pentecostal handshake to somebody you identify a need somewhere do good to somebody hallelujah to jesus a closely knit family in love united in love number five is a church that is a preparing place in other words the new testament church doesn't only challenge you about earthly victories and earthly success it challenges you to keep your gaze and your eyes upon eternity it strives to prepare the church for jesus coming knowing fully well the church he's coming for is a church without spot or wrinkle so that church is not unashamed to talk about eternity about purity about sanctity about holiness some church will say that won't preach it for the fright of losing members but that's not a new testament church must challenge people to live beyond the now and to prepare for the then prepare for the then hallelujah number six the new testament church or the apostolic church is a warring church it seeks to establish the kingdom of god over families and lives and cities and communities and territories kingdom of god come will of god be done it's a warring church you step into your office that's church you enforce the kingdom over your office environment acts 4 23 24 and being let go they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them and when they heard that they lifted up their voice to god with one accord hallelujah and said lord that was god would thou which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is they went to their company reported and they prayed and the place shook where they were in prayer in prayer they established again the kingdom of god number seven finally and these are not the only pillars just what i wanted to use to teach you on this the apostolic church or the new testament church as found in our act of apostles is a sending church a sending church acts 13 certain teachers prophets were gathered together and they prayed they fasted and they laid hands on paul and barnabas and set them apart for the work of the ministry they sent them you see it's a sending church it was a church that was mindful that people would need to leave this locality to go out and expand the territories of the kingdom of god the way i put it is this that church does not measure its strength and stature based on the seating capacity but measures its strength and stature based on its sending capacity who can we send who has been raised who has grown to maturity to the point of being sent yes thank god for the thousands in the church the numbers but how many have been discipled to the point of being sent so in this church we have what god gave us as the gear system to gather to equip to activate hey hey and to release men and women into their god-ordained destinies it begins with gathering so we go out and gather there is an equipping training discipleship tutelage mentorship there's activation by the holy ghost guess what you're not just going to be here no go out and explore and expand 
Go out to your to your to your homes and be all that God made you. Go out to your business, just expand, be Christ on the job, be Christ in politics, be Christ in government. That, that's what it is it's all about. Being trained to be let go. You see, people who have gone to politics, government, governance, business, who have failed, right? Partly is because they perhaps possibly did not go through the process of gathering, equipping, activating, and releasing. Summarized in discipleship. Discipleship. And discipleship is a process. And discipleship can be painful. Discipleship can be painful. But if you commit to it, <laughs> you are going to come out on the other side a finished product from a raw material. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. At gathering, it may be raw, as raw as can be, uncouth, uncultured, no manners, sin everywhere. But as you apply yourself to the word and prayer, to the to fellowship, you're being equipped. The weights are dropping, the sins are dropping. Your taste bud is changing. Am I talking to somebody here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From earthly stuff, you're loving heavenly stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, there's an activation by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost begins to breathe upon you. Begins to wake up gifts and the mantles in their dormant state within you to rise to the place of manifestation. Guess what? You're set to be released to your world. I believe for some people under the sound of my voice, you are the verge of the season of being released to the next phase of your walk with God. Release to the next season of life. Release because you've been thoroughly furnished and equipped to go forth and shine. Bow your heads as we talk to our God in two, three minutes. Can you thank the Lord that you're part of the army he's building if you are born again, if you're a child of God, if you are, if you're not, you will be as you pray a simple prayer. Father, thank you for making me a part of this beautiful body of Christ, the church you're building in this day and age that the gate of hell cannot prevail. You're here, not born again, uncertain of your eternal well-being. You say, man of God, I want to get it right. I'm tired of struggling, tired of rising and falling. I want to turn my entire life to Jesus. Wherever you are, just stand on your feet, unashamedly where you are. Just stand on your feet and place your right hand on your chest. Just where you are, stand for Jesus. Stand for Jesus. Hallelujah. Stand wherever you are. Stand. Stand wherever you are. You're saying, pray with me, man of God. I want to get it right. I want to turn my life completely to Jesus. Don't be ashamed. Say, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my holy angels of my father. Stand for Jesus. Hallelujah. And you're saying also, I want to rededicate my life. I want to turn my life over and over again to him freshly today. Likewise, stand. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Church, let's pray together. For those who are online and perhaps who are here, let's pray together. Let's pray in faith. Heavenly Father, let's pray. Heavenly Father. Oh, come on, church. Heavenly Father. I want to hear you, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I open the door of my heart as I welcome you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me all of my sins. With my mouth, I declare. With my heart, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm blood washed. I'm blood bought. Child of the living God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic .org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is 
at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.